I tell them welcome to the gray area and stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check? Just keep it real rap and don't gossip with the facts, yeah. This is the gray area, and I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! Chapter 19 of the Gray Area, approaching a momentous 20. We're going to talk a little calculated narratives for this chapter. You know, I've been giving y'all the guess. I've been promising fun. I'm about to go on a rant, which I promise is fun. No race talk, no none of that. I'm just getting frustrated with sports fans using narratives and those damn calculators to get their point across. Come on, son. I've had enough of it. But before we get there, there's a couple of keynote narratives currently moving that I wanted to get into. First and foremost, Odell Beckham. The whole video was out there. He's on the bed with the French model. Looks like he got the spliff in one hand. Shorty got the, uh, the, the credit card with some alleged Coke, possible Coke, everything. You really can't see it. But the media, the whole news cycle, is running around with a story of Odell has marijuana and in bed with a French model who, who has coke. When you can't even see properly what anything is in the video. How is this possible? How? I'm applauding myself because I feel like I'm the only one making sense here. How can you accuse a person of doing something when it's a seven-second video with two separate scenes when it looks like Odell is doing sign language or some kind of something with pizza on the bed? The only thing you can see on the bed is pizza. So how do we have a whole story about marijuana and coke? How, Sway? How? Come on, son. I need someone to answer that question for me. I'm just not getting it. Granted, Odell Beckham... He lost his way when he lost his mind with the Josh Norman fiasco a couple of years ago. It's amazing to me how the media can drag a scenario, drag a story that is so old and use it to depict a person they don't like or a person of interest negatively. Granted, granted, that's how the world works. Odell doesn't have any wins out here. I understand all that. But we cannot create stories. How we know that's not a black and mild? Huh? How we know that's not a black and mild? How we know that's not a, a, a little cigar? How we know that's not a beady? For those who smoke beaties, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, that concentrated, uh, uh, what is it called? Con con concentrated nicotine. How we know it's not a beady? It could be a slew of things. I'm not trying to insult your intelligence. It might just be a blunt. Let's be fair. But the fact remains is if you can't see it, there's no smoke in the shot. There's no way of proving it. There's no way of proving that Shorty has Coco Odell took any coke. Why are we dragging it? Because of the optics? So now perception is reality? It's only about perception. It's not about the facts anymore? Come on, son. I'm kind of tired of that, y'all. You see, I'm in rant mode tonight. I'm over it. I'm over optics and narrative deciding what the facts are. Until there's facts, I don't want to hear a damn thing. The end. The next wave of narrative that's in the news cycle right now. Steph Curry, out for the Golden State Warriors. 
That's not news. We know that. He's been having ankle issues his entire career. And somehow or the other, those ankle issues have, have sprouted their head this season. You know, I sent him a tweet on Twitter saying, uh, you need to drop those Curry 4s, Steph. Go back to those Curry 3s because the Curry 4s ain't protecting your weak-ass ankles. I didn't say it in those words, but he knows his ankles are weak. At one point when he first came to the league, me and my friends used to joke and say he had the weakest ankles in the history of man because he kept rolling them. You know what I'm saying? But for me, if I'm Steph Curry and my ankles keep rolling in the Curry 4s, I'm going back to the Curry 3s where he had no issues. Athletes do this all the time when they have signature shoes. If one ain't working, go back to the one that worked. But that's not why we're here. The whole story is, and you got my man Stephen A. and his receding hairline going crazy talking about, oh, I don't want to hear anything, Kevin Durant. I don't want to hear you miss Steph Curry. I don't want to hear this. You're the second best player in the world behind LeBron James. This and that. You go to all the other shows, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, this sports, that sports, whatever sports. I was about to curse, but I'm frustrated. And the whole idea is Kevin Durant is the best player. There are no excuses. That is the story they want to push. When I've been saying, regardless of who you bring to Golden State, the most important piece to Golden State is Steph Curry of Golden State. There is no Golden State without Steph Curry. It's just like peanut butter and jelly. If I ask for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I get peanut butter with bread, I didn't get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. There is no Golden State without Steph. They're just the Warriors right now. They're not even playing in Oakland. They might as well just be West Coast Warriors because until Golden, until Steph Curry comes back, they are not the Golden State Warriors. He's the key component that makes that whole operation move. What he does and how he changes the, phys- the physics and the geometry of how you defend the Warriors, he does that. He changes everything. Granted, KD is great, but the way they approach basketball and the way they play basketball, you need Steph Curry on the floor to make all of this work. And I wish they would stop disrespecting Steph Curry. I always go back to the moment when he had a 35-point game and the entire two-minute highlight package was about Kevin Durant. Even in the past finals. Yeah, granted, KD dropped 35 a night in the finals. He did that. Salute to KD. Bust LeBron ass, right? But quiet is kept. Steph Curry averaged 28, 9, and 8 in the finals. And no one talks about that. I bet True on the boards don't even talk about that. 29, excuse me, 28, 9, and 8 from the second option in the NBA finals. If you take that off, the Warriors do not win the championship. The Golden State Warriors won the championship because Steph Curry changed the entire scope of how you look at that team. There was a fast break, right? And it was J.R. Smith and I believe might have been Richard Hamilton, somebody getting back on defense. And they were so focused on Steph that they didn't see Klay Thompson running the wing and, and they didn't even defend the second best shooter in the world. They left Klay open for a three. The shooting of Golden State, especially Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, changes basketball. Nine times out of ten on a fast break, you're, you're filling the lanes and you're trying to stop the layup. What Steph and Klay do, especially Steph being so auto from three, A three-point shot on the fast break is a good shot. When Steph is pulling from 30 and you got to draw the defense all the way out to 30 or 35 feet to defend him, they're passing in the cutting lanes out of there for guys like Kevin Durant, guys like Draymond Green, guys like Klay Thompson, guys like JaVale McGee are there because Steph changes the way you have to look at the floor and how you space the floor. So I don't want to hear anyone else 
question the importance of Steph Curry. You're full of it if you don't think that Steph Curry is the key component. And I wish the media would stop pumping Kevin Durant and how good he is. He's great. But for what they do where he is currently, they need Steph. No Steph, no chip. The end. The next prevalent story, and ironically speaking, 19 episodes in, 19 chapters in to the gray area, and I hardly talk about my Lakers. You know, I talked about LeVar Ball, you know, and and how his mouth has affected the perception of his son Lonzo. But beyond that, the Lakers have been bad for about three or four years. And I still see these clips when they show the Lakers doing well, and I still see a lot of scoffing going on when it comes to the Lakers. Like, they don't have equity. And on top of the fact that there's a lot of people in this world, in the sports world, who hate the Lakers for the fact that they've been winning for so long that now that this down period is here, they're kicking them while they are down. I had a whole argument on Twitter and then took it to text with, with, with a former colleague of mine where... He wanted to say that when Lonzo comes back off an of injury, that he doesn't believe that he would improve the Lakers because the Lakers are on a good run. And I had tweeted out that if the Lakers are playing this good right now, when Zoe comes back, it's going to go to another level. He chimes in with, well, that's not the case. This and that. I don't think that's the case because LeVar Ball, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... We still talking about LeVar Ball in late January? LeVar Ball? I said, my man, even when LeVar Ball was his loudest, the Lakers literally could not win a game without Lonzo. At one point in the season, people, they were 0-8 without Lonzo before Luke Walton made a couple of adjustments and then they went on a run. And I brought him all of this, told him that this is the case. Every, every number you can imagine, you know we're going to get into them numbers in a second. Every number you can imagine supported Lonzo making the Lakers better. LeVar Ball loud and all. He was like, oh, you can't be talking about the stats. You're talking about the numbers. I'm like, my man. All right. So if you feel that way, if you feel that way, how can you say that and not support your argument? I said it's laughable to think that the Lakers would get worse with Lonzo when they've been doing well with Lonzo. He was like, you know, I don't appreciate you saying my opinion is laughable. I don't appreciate this. I don't appreciate that. I'm like, dog, if you give me a reason or you support your opinion with something beyond a narrative that's thrown around on ESPN, then I won't tell you your opinion is laughable. Come on, son. But he couldn't do that. And people, this is facts. I'll let y'all in. This guy hasn't spoken to me since because I went in on him. And then, to top it off, pause, Lonzo Ball comes back. In the nine games since Lonzo Ball has come back, the Lakers are 7-2, and two, just beat the Cavaliers, and I've been tweeting that ass. <laughs> and he won't respond to me. But because I'm a troll like that, y'all, I will continue to tweet that ass because Job doesn't care. <laughs> you cannot tell me things that you hear on TV. You cannot tell me narratives that you hear on TV and then throw them at me like I don't do this sports talk thing, this sports knowledge thing, and think I'm not going to call you out on that. Facts. I'm a pro, bro. Don't run because I'm going to keep coming. Pause. <laughs>
Now, into the second wave of the rant. On Twitter, about a week and a half ago, I put up a a poll asking a question about the eye test and stats. I'm pulling the poll up right now. There's a lot of recklessness I'm talking today. Pause again on the poll. You know, pulling up the poll. Hey. (laughs) The question stated, sports fans, which do you value more, eye test or stats? 65% of the people who voted said eye test was valued more than stats. And you know what, y'all? I find that to be the most amazing load of BS I have ever read. Facts. Even some of the people who I know personally run to basketball reference or run to their calculator to talk sports, voted and commented and said that they value the eye tests. One person in particular, I'm trying to pull up their response because I'm, I'm going there. This person, and he knows who he is. I'm not going to out him. I'm not going to do that to him because we've had legendary debates and he loves using stats, but I'm quoting him on Twitter. Eye test is always, always, always the best in any sports when it comes to evaluating rookies and first-year players. After that, I rely a lot on stats. So the first two years is eye test when he's just scratching the surface of his abilities, but the rest is stats? Come on, son. Are you kidding me? So when he's in his prime and he's affecting and impacting the game using the skills and knowledge gained from his early years in the pro, now you're going to run to the numbers? What if his game isn't predicated on numbers? Don't you need the eye test? But going back even further, the fact that 65% of these people picked eye tests just shows how hypocritical a lot of these sports fans are. Why? Because in most debates, they don't say, I think X is better than Y because I've seen X play and I know he's better. They'll say, well, based on the stats, look at his stats, look at his championships, look at his this, look at his that. So how can it be eye test, but all you do is run to the stats? You all are some hypocrites. You cannot pick eye test because you want to seem like you're informed, knowing damn well all you do is reference stats. To the people who really use the eye test, if it don't apply, let it fly. But to the people who know they voted eye test and know damn well it's all about stats, you all are hypocrites. Do not try to sound right for the sake of it. You like stats because it makes you seem informed. You like stats because it bolsters all your arguments. And you cannot articulate what you see on the field of play. Once again, what I just said, if it does not apply to you, let it fly. For those who it applies to and you know you can't articulate what you see, take this rant personally because I'm talking to you. Fact. Voting eye test, knowing damn well you got your calculator next to your bed or your or your or your your living room table or wherever you watch the game. Man, you might have your calculator at the ball while you're watching the game. And then to those who talk about eye tests, how you gonna like eye tests when you don't even watch the games? You watch the highlight packages that are put in a certain way to manipulate the viewer. More on that later. Oh, y'all thought y'all was safe? Nah. When I started the gray area, 
It was mainly to speak to the sports fans like y'all who are out here frauding, out here not doing your due diligence, out here in the message boards and in the chats, throwing out numbers and this and that, but you can't tell me what a jab step is. You can't tell me what the triple threat position is. You can't explain to me why you think this guy is greater than the other guy, although he doesn't have a pull-up jump shot to save his life. But because he averages more points, he averages more yards per pass, he has a higher batting average and a higher wins above replacement, and whatever other stats you can think of, you think this person is better. No, 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 no. Jarvis been here waiting in the wings for that ass. Y'all are not safe. It ain't safe. Word to G-Easy. Facts. To the stat abusers. Talking to you. You know, you got a couple of the people who fraud out. And they'll tell you, oh, well, this dude got more hops than this guy. Or this guy runs the best routes. You know, they can hide. But then you'll have the people where you have a conversation. Let's, let's bring up uh, uh, any kind of scenario, right? Antonio Brown, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver for the New York Giants. I'll put up a post. Odell's the best receiver in the NFL. Random person will comment. Now, I think AB is better. There's conversations that go like this. Well, AB over the last five years has put up X amount of yards and this and that. How you telling me about his stats when I said he's better? Well, if he has more yards than him, then he's better, right? No. I'm talking about the art of playing wide receiver. I'm talking about Odell has the best footwork in the league. He's one of the fastest receivers in the league. He has some of the best hands in the league. He runs the best routes. Yeah, all of that. But A.B. still had this amount of yards and he had this amount of touchdowns. So what? Tell me about A.B.'s routes. What about the system A.B. is in? Uh, How his offense features him that allows him to get these numbers. Does that not count? Oh, well, if Odell's that good, then then it won't matter what system he's in. He's going to put those numbers up. Facts. False. It's not facts. Everything in sports is not just about a calculator. And a part of this issue is the whole wave of analytics. Analytics and and these nerds who weren't allowed to play in gym because they were busy getting wedgies when the gym teacher wasn't looking have taken over sports and feel as though calculating tendencies, habits, and any other thing you can measure with numbers takes away or is more important than on-field or on-court production. How does the calculator account for what Odell is going to do on third and short? Uh, How does he run his quick slant? Is there a calculator out there to show me how he's running that post corner? No. Watch the games. And then on top of that, you have the people who only will argue for A.B., because it fits their narrative. They think Odell Beckham is gay. I'm just, I'm just throwing out all the things that I see because this is where I get my content from, just so y'all stay with me. They think Odell Beckham is gay. They think he's too flamboyant. They don't like the fact that his hair is blonde. They don't like the fact that he's in New York. They don't like the fact that he gets Per Plus and Dunkin' Donuts commercials. So I hate Odell Beckham. So I will say anything stat-related about Antonio Brown to argue in favor of Antonio Brown. This is what they do. It's what they do. Speaking of day, we can get into day as well a little bit later. My whole issue with you stat abusers is if you're going to abuse the stats, know who you're talking to, bruh. And don't get offended when a shark like me is waiting for you to expose you for your cacophony beliefs. I'm informed. I, 
Usually, more often than not, when you talk sports to me, I'm talking about what actually happened. I'm telling you what I saw. And then, more often than not, what, what I see relates to the stats. And then I can go back and say, well, you know what? This guy's going in. Let me see what the numbers say, because I know I'm seeing this dude get busy. And then the numbers will support it. But if I just throw numbers at your face, like if I'm a trash basketball player like Kevin Love. Kevin Love is nice, but he was on a trash team putting up wild, stupid numbers. Then he went to Cleveland, and we seeing that maybe he's not what he was in Minnesota because he had opportunity. Do, does the calculator account for opportunity playing with a bunch of crumbs? No, it doesn't. So why would you use that as an argument? Why would you use it as a debate piece? Because you can't do anything else but show that, well, if this guy averages 28 and this guy averages 26, then obviously the guy who averages 28 must be better, right? 28 is more than 26, right? No. There's so much things happening on the field and on the court that you need to be informed. If you're going to call yourself a sports fan, you need to make sure you're informed. Stop embarrassing yourself. You out here acting like you you the most known, you the most in tune sports fan, you the most knowledgeable, scoffing at people sounding like Fredo. I can handle things, I'm smart. No, you're not. <laughs> I can handle things, I'm smart. Absolutely not. All you do is calculate. If I take a test, right, and, and they give me the answers to the test, and all I gotta do is input the numbers, I didn't learn anything. All I did was input what I saw on the paper. Walking around sticking my chest out. I can <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a schism in the sports world between people like myself who are watching these games appreciate the purity. It's like a little war happening. They appreciate the purity. They appreciate the little ins and outs, the X's and O's of it all, and the people who just want stats. I'm telling you, you go to any barbershop, you go to any message board, you go to any bar, and you're going to hear these arguments. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it, man. It's amazing. And then you got a dude like Nick Wright on Fox. This little beak-faced, pencil-neck geek from Kansas. Yeah, I went there. I've been hitting him on Twitter. I told him, you going to give me my session, bro. I want one-on-one, one debate with you. I don't care if you on Fox. You pencil-neck, beak-faced geek from Kansas. Every chance you get when they mention LeBron, look at how you salivate when they mention LeBron. Oh, LeBron, and I'm trying to tell you, CC. Oh, knock it off. Anytime a person mentions LeBron, you the first thing you say, well, if you look at the numbers, LeBron did this and LeBron did that. But yeah, what does the numbers say about him isolating Draymond Green in the finals of Game 3 last year and driving left, getting past Draymond Green and kicking it out to the corner? Oh, well, the analytics say that's the highest percentage three-point shot you can take. But what about LeBron the man? Kobe and Jordan, if they blow by Draymond, who couldn't guard either one of them on his best day, if they blow by them, they taking that pull-up or they going to the basket and they winning the game. How does looking at the numbers account for the fact that LeBron does not want to take those shots in those situations? Well, if you look at the numbers, he's always going to make the highest percentage play. Well, if I look at the game, I'm seeing a dude who's a bit of a coward when it's crunch time. What about that, Nick Wright? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to show y'all. Numbers on account. For gusto. Numbers don't account for cojones. Numbers don't account for knowing as a fan in this moment, my favorite player, I have the faith that he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my favorite team wins the game. And this is the issue that I'm having. Know how to separate. Know how to use one to boost up the other. Use stats to lift up the eye test. That's the only way to do it, y'all. It's the only way. And now, 
to the next sports fan that I have a great issue with. You'll have a person, right? They'll come through the, to the spot, wherever we at, work, the water cooler, the locker room, wherever. And he'll believe, let me think of something outlandish. He'll believe that, that Dan Marino is not the greatest quarterback to never win a championship. Even better, I got a better one. He'll believe that Dan Marino is the most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL. Then you'll ask him, yo, where you getting this information from? Well, they said there were other quarterbacks who were better than Dan Marino who don't get the, the, the recognition they deserve. And then you'll ask him, what you mean, like, who's they? And then he'll be like, hey, hey. Like, what you mean? There's nothing to support what you say. Why? If you got the balls to say that you think that Marino is overrated, or you think that Jordan, let's take it there, or, or you think that Jordan is overrated, stand behind your point. Stand behind your hot take. Don't run behind it because you know you sound crazy and blame they. Hey. Hey. You can't blame they for your, your cowardice. You said it. Support your stance. Don't have a phantom debate with, with nobody. <laughs> You're coming in to the spot looking for debate action, and you just make something up, and then you and just just so that people can talk to you, and then say they said it. Or you believe that Kyrie Irving is not as good as you think he is, and you like they always say that Kyrie was 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 a, a selfish play, and he wasn't ever gonna play team ball. Hey. Or you say that they always said that Kobe, Kobe was a nothing without Shaq. Hey. Hey. Who are these people? That is my question. Stop having these media, fake media debates with your friends. Stop saying they said and you heard and this and that. Believe me, I say a lot of things about sports that I know people will disagree with. But when I pull up, like, for instance, let's take it there. If I tell you right now, I believe that Kobe Bryant is a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. I'm not going to say that they said that Jordan is. I'm going to tell you why I believe Kobe's better than Michael Jordan. I believe Tom Brady, even with his 5-3 record, is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's the GOAT, more so than Joe Montana. I'm not going to say, well, they said that Montana was on a stacked team and he had Jerry Rice, one of the greatest coaches of all time, one of the most loaded defenses in a non-salary cap era. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say they said. I'm going to say, well, I believe that because of these factors, this is what makes Tom Brady the GOAT. I think you could. Then the next conversation I've seen is Brady at five and three shouldn't be considered the GOAT. If LeBron at three and five can't be considered the GOAT because they said that six and no were undefeated in the finals is the standard. Nah, we'll get into the situations. But again, going back to the crux of this episode, if you can't remember instances and moments and the scenarios that you watched and you only see the numbers of it all, you can't explain why. So you revert to they because you don't know why. You just have to smorgasbord the numbers and that's what you use to support yourself as opposed to saying, well, Considering that Brady played in the salary cap era, and even when he didn't win the Super Bowl, it wasn't his fault they lost. 
even when he didn't win the Super Bowl, he put his team in position to win all eight Super Bowls, whereas LeBron, on a couple of instances, folded up like an accordion, and he played against inferior competition until he got to the finals. This is what we this is what we want. We don't want you to just say, well, this person averaged this and this person averaged that, so he can't be this and it can't be that, and he has to be the GOAT because he didn't have help. And all. Nah, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Facts. You got to be able to support your argument. You got to be able to support your argument. And then there's another wave of they. But this day is very much out in the open. That they is the sports media and the media at large. As I've mentioned in the past, at some point the sports media realized that we can report the news. We can report the sports news the way that they report the news. So depending on who we like and who we're in favor of, we'll tilt our telecast in favor of what we like. You know, like political coverage. You go to like a, a Democratic channel, like a MSNBC. Everything is going to tilt towards the Democrats. You go to Fox News, it's going to tilt towards Republicans. Then you got to go to, you got if you really want the valid information, you got to find a station in the middle, like CNN used to be before Trump, to get that gray area. <laughs> Somehow or the other, ESPN picked up on the fact that we can do the same thing, even if it leads to misinformation, even if it leads to fact to, to facts being left out. And I believe, I believe, excuse me, that this is to the detriment of the sports fan because in the past, and most of you listening will agree with this, if we heard an expert on TV say, "Yo, this person is better than that person," and here's why. He's on TV, so he's a source. So we have to believe them because he's in a position to tell us he has the information necessary to put us onto that game. ESPN and them figured out that it could be dead wrong, but because these guys are on that platform, the people will believe them anyway. Then they'll go and take that information to have conversations and have debates with other people. Well, I heard this person on ESPN say it, so it has to be true, right? No. You know, stop promoting these agendas, and it goes back to the stats Whereas now you'll see guys to be doing, forget the Kobe and LeBron debate. I just say that to upset people. But the LeBron and Jordan debate, they now they're using these stats and completely trying to like suppress Jordan to boost up LeBron. When it's like anyone who watched Jordan play will look at you like, is this kid, like, why are we even wasting so much time talking about this? Why are you misinforming the people? Even like Nick Wright, that, that pencil necked, <laughs> big face geek from Kansas says it's laughable to think that Kobe Bryant was the best player at any point in his career with the exception of one year. When I vividly remember in 2001, the commentators saying that Kobe Bryant playing alongside Shaq is the best all-around player in the league. I remember that. You're telling me that in 2002, Tim Duncan was better than Kobe? Maybe 03, was he better in 04 with the rape trial and all? No. Maybe 05, 06 or 2010, Kobe was the best player in the league. What you mean? This is not even me giving you opinion. It's facts. He was the best player in the league. But because they want you to believe something else, they'll downplay. Oh, how come he doesn't have any MVPs, right? But then they won't tell you that the media votes on the MVPs and Kobe never had a good relationship with the media. But they'll just say he wasn't good enough to be the MVP. No. Stop misinforming the people. Stop using your power as the media to direct your message in a certain way 
so that you can get what you want out of said message. You want the people, it's almost like mind control. You want the people to believe what you want them to believe, and I find that to be unacceptable. We ain't come here for all of that. We ain't come here for mind control. We want to see high-level athleticism, and we want to argue about it, and we want to pick a side without someone trying to direct what side we should pick. It's ridiculous. Come on, son. Hidden agendas in sports media. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? Huh? I never thought I would live long enough to see the day where there's message control in sports media. There's narrative protection in sports media. We need to tell a story. Since when did telling a story outweigh the actual story? Huh? You ever think about that? Sports, you don't need to look for content. The guys are playing. There's a story. There's a whole locker room of activities. There's a story. Since when do you need to create a storyline? Since when is there a need for a storyline in sports? The the athletic feats of these players are the story, and that should trouble you as fans. When you hear phrases like storyline, are these actors now? Is this a reality show? Did sports become reality and no one told me? Is, is sports love and hip hop staged reality? It's getting shaky out here, y'all. It's getting real shaky. But I think I'll leave you here. The rain is complete. I got it off my chest. I hope y'all enjoyed it. You know, I told y'all I wouldn't get too heavy, but I needed to get this off, man. Y'all, you know, the the the, the stat abusers, the they army. The uninformed people, the narrative abusers, the calculator abusers, all of y'all. I'm here. And as the saying goes. Whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect. Hey.